Hello from Awakenai country, this is Tim McCardle, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardle's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. All right, next up on the podcast this week, I'm really excited to bring a VIP special guest to our show and uh, really excited to, uh, to have you here uh, from our village and town uh, historian, uh, the executive director of the Leroy uh, Historical Society, and that is uh, Lynn Belushio. I'm really excited to have you here. And, uh, you know, you just bring such a wealth of knowledge in so many different areas. But the easiest question that, that is a pet peeve of mine, that every time we're, you know, we're in the news, you know, with the local media out of Rochester, Buffalo, it's always like, well, is it Leroy or is it Leroy? And to me, it's like, well, there's a space between, you know, the E and the R, which makes it an easy Leroy. But we all here call it Leroy, except for you. Well, no, there's some other people. <laughs> the Leroy family, for example, it's not Leroy. And, um, and, and I, you know, jokingly say the family was, it was Leroy. They were French um, uh, French Huguenots, and they came here, and um, so they probably roll in their graves every time somebody says Leroy. But I, you know, and somebody says, "Well, how did it change?" Well, I jokingly say we're going to blame it on the cheerleaders. Okay, we're going to blame it on the cheerleaders. So the the Leroy cheer, cheerleaders, you know, it's not like let's go Leroy. That doesn't have the chance. So it's got to be let's go Leroy. Yes. But if you're from another um, school, it's going to be destroy Leroy, okay? So I'm going to blame it on the cheerleaders, okay? okay. Um, I, I like that. I like okay. that. Yeah. So we're going to cover a bunch of ground here, and I want to start off by just kind of, you know, allowing people that maybe, for whatever reason, I mean, people that, uh, you know, don't know who you are or don't know what you do, just kind of give people that uh, appreciation of kind of the role that you have in both of these, you know, capacities and how important, uh, I mean, I think it's a very important role, how important it is to, to, you know, the role that you have to the community and beyond. I think the biggest thing uh, that I've committed since I've been here, I came here, well, we moved here. Uh, I'm not a native Leroyan. We moved here in 1969. My kids went to Caledonia. Uh, that's not an apology, but my kids went to <laughs> Caledonia. Um, and I came to work at the museum in the fall of 1988. And um, so, you know, it was a typical small little house museum and stuff, but the great history. I mean, we had the history of Ingham University, first university for women in the United States. And of course, the big one, of course, is Jell-O. And never really thought that Jell-O was going to be that important in my life. I like Jell-O. But um, we came to realize that in 1997, it was going to be the 100th anniversary of Jell-O, and we better do something about it. So we started, and there wasn't much in the collections at the Historical Society. They, you know, they collected spinning wheels and cut glass and things like that. But um, Jell-O, they didn't have very much, because people in, in town were still kind of mad that Jell-O moved, uh, General Foods moved them out of town. So we made preparations and had to raise money and all that sort of stuff to open the first Jell-O exhibit in 1997. And uh, we were only open in the summer um, and because we didn't have heat and bathrooms in that back building. And it was all done with volunteer help. And uh, we were open only summers for a couple of years. And then it became obvious, you know, people were knocking on the door when we were at Leroy House and saying, you know, we want to see the Jell-O exhibit. And we'd say, well, 
um, it's not shoveled and it's cold out there. So we finally decided to bite the bullet and uh, we had to raise a, quite a bit of money then to um, open uh, year round. And that was when we moved, you know, my offices and the collections, the archives and all that sort of stuff, the back building. And that's been a gradual. And um, so Jell-O is what attracts people to town. Mm-hmm. You know, they see the billboard on the throughway. And, you know, you can brag about the fact, you know, and they'll come to the museum. I mean, today we had folks from, and people don't believe this, but it's really true. We had people from um, Seattle today um, on their way east. We had some people from Colorado, um, you know, uh, just get off the throughway and saying, what's at a Jell-O museum? And um, so it you know, that's what attracts them. And then they get there and they see we got a transportation exhibit. We'll be opening the Leroy House. So they see the other part. We tell them about Keeney Beans and the uh, Calvin Keeney and the work he did with with introducing the stringless bean. We send them out to see our lovely steam shovel, the Marion steam shovel, mm-hmm. the Statue of Liberty. We say, well, you're in New York and go down here have your picture taken with the Statue of Liberty. And if you do it just right, people aren't going to know that you're not here. <laughs> you know? And um, so it really is, you know, to acquaint people with, you know, the history of Leroy. But my other challenge, and always has been, only because I, you know, come to this from being a teacher, um, was that I wanted to make sure that, you know, kids in town kind of grew up with that sense of, of place. The fact that they were from a place, you know, yeah, we were the home of Jell-O, you know, and that's why this year, for example, we're giving all the seniors um, Jell-O t-shirts to, you know, wear and let people know where they're from. Um, but as I say, I want to bring history home. It's not just, you know, jello history. It's like almost anything that we look at, either international or nationally, I can, I can relate that to, you know, what's, what's going on in Leroy. And, and that's been really great. And that's been fun and that's been the challenge. And um, so, um, you know, right now we're, we're re-looking at the Underground Railroad thing. And most people don't know about the Underground Railroad in Leroy, but, it, you know, we've got some great stories and want to tie that in. Um, it's, it always amazes me. You know, right now I'm pursuing, you know, more stories about um, the African-American. And it's not a community. The people that, you know, there were um, blacks living in Leroy before the Civil War, and some of them were escaped slaves, and some of them were free, and we don't know an awful lot about them. We don't, you know, we might know their names, but we really don't know too much. And the more I'm looking into that, I'm just amazed at some of the contributions that, you know, just kind of went by the wayside. And so, you know, we've discovered Dorothy Lane, the pioneer in, in aviation, just amazing. And um, this woman teacher that I, you know, I just happened to discover, who's this? I asked Mrs. Booten. She said, oh, that's my Aunt Esther. Well, Aunt Esther went to teach in Hilburn, New York, which was the last holdout of segregated schools in mm. New York State. Wow. Great stuff. And she went from a community where, she, you know, she could live wherever she wanted to, to a segregated community. And ultimately, that case, when it went to a trial, the black uh, families wanted to you know, didn't want segregated schools anymore. And they hired the latest NAACP lawyer, happened to be Thurgood Marshall. Hmm. He tried that case and he took that information with him to go and then integrate schools and appear before the, you know, Supreme Court in Washington. And he used what he had learned at Hilburn. But we can bring a little bit back to Leroy. Right to here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fascinating what you guys have done and, and how you've presented and and um, you know what traffic we get through this town that a lot of people might be, might not know. And I think uh, it, it's such a unique you know thing that because not every small town 
has a person like you and has the history documented and has you know just the, the rich amount of information that's available and i i give you a lot of a lot of credit to you know the hours and the footwork and the muscle and the sweat that you've put into this has just been incredible you know we're we're on the cusp here of of memorial day yeah. and uh and which is which is another area that you and your team have put a lot of effort into and in, in to identifying these these heroes and and to celebrating their lives and and the many different uh places around town that that symbolizes that sacrifice talk to us just about you know the efforts around memorial day and you know how important it is for you know especially our knights here our current knights to understand and to appreciate what's around them, you know, here in the community. Well, I, I think part of this is, is interesting because we started first with realizing that, you know, everybody knew where the Soldiers Monument were, was and down at Trigon Park and the names, you know, and um, that were on there um, from the Revolution and War of 1812 and, and the War of the Rebellion, as they called the uh, Civil War at that time. And um, but and then there was the World War Two stone that nobody really it just kind of appeared. And I'm going, well, what happened to World War One guys? And you know, so we we just really decided, and and somebody needed to raise money to put those up. So we, you know, the historical society said, hey, we'll raise the money and get that up. And uh, so we ended up um, doing World War One, which was great because we I conned <laughs> I conned some kids here because we wanted to do kind of show the. The history of of who was there. So um, we had uh, one of the students dressed as World War One. We had a student dressed as Civil War, uh, eighteen twelve, and they were great. It was really great to have them there. And of course, the marching band has always participated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did um, the Korean War. We did Vietnam War. Um, and in fact, recently we just found out again. It's just. It, History's not written in stone, although when you put somebody's name in stone, then it is. Sure. And we just found we had overlooked, or whatever it was, a fellow whose name should be on the Korean War Monument. And we were hoping to get it done by this year, but with all the COVID and stuff, it, it's going to be, we're going to dedicate it next year. So um, it's really neat to see those things happen. It was like when we dedicated the World War One monument, we had, I bought, I can't remember how many hundreds of poppies, because hmm. we tied it in with... Um, um, you know, the, the poem and, and uh, the story of the poppy. And we put them in the ground like they, you know, have done actually in England and other places. Um, but with each poppy, there was a name of a man from Leroy who, or a woman in this case, uh, uh, who had been uh, engaged. Not somebody that had died necessarily, but had fought and um, been engaged with the World War One, And um, so that was... That was kind of neat, and it was just fun doing the research. And so this year, for example, we, we were talking about kind of bringing it up today. And um, so I think late last night I thought, geez, you know what we ought to do is, um, because everybody's putting flags out in cemeteries, um, I brought over a few, and we're gonna, um, I'm going to have some more. So I have flags, and um, on the flag I have written on the stick a name of a Leroyan who fought in World War One. Hmm. We're going to... Put these out here in front of the school tomorrow. Okay, uh, we have the uh, all the ones from World War One. I. I don't. I haven't done enough research to find out because these are people that have uh, that died. Uh, these are not people that are. These are not veterans necessarily. These are people that. Uh, um, uh, I was. I was reminded, and I'm going to mention this here. Uh, Terry Crowers, which helped us do the research on the World War One vet, said, 
they did not give their lives. Their lives were taken. So he doesn't like using, he gave their lives. So these, these are men and women that sacrificed themselves um, for, you know, for our freedoms. And um, so I'm going to put them out in front of school, and then we'll move them down to the Trigon later. But um, I've got a few. i got to go get some more flags because I ran out because uh, there's quite a few from, uh, I think there's 31 from World War II. Wow. That's great. And, and I just think that, you know, you know, a lot of people, it's like, oh, Memorial Day weekend, four-day weekend, you know, time, right? You know, and I think we always are working hard to, you know, have our students participate in different things or, or, or be aware of different things. And, and, and the symbol of a hometown parade is, is, right. is obviously a great thing. And, and, and the, you know, the ceremony at the monument. You know, talk about, you know, if, if you're a, you know, to a student or to a family that maybe is really done, you know, hasn't really, ha- doesn't have a natural connection to Memorial Day, you know, what could be something they could do this, this weekend, you know, within the community, um, you know, to go and, you know, give, g- you know, give um, respect, you know, to, to things here in Leroy? Well, I've given that some thought because I, you know, I think of me growing up a long time ago on Memorial Day, I didn't connect it with, you know, we didn't go out to the cemetery and do that sort of stuff. Um, it was it was a day of a long weekend, you know, and and maybe we can because of the fact we've got the days off, you know, it will be to enjoy our freedom mm-hmm. because these people, you know, sacrificed their lives so we could do that. So it may not be all that bad to enjoy ourselves this weekend because that's what they gave their lives, not gave their lives, but sacrificed their lives for. Um, yeah, when you go past that monument, take a look, you know, there's going to be wreaths up. Just, you know, think about the fact that, um, you know, no matter where we are, whether we're in Leroy or some little rural cemetery, there's going to be a flag on a grave of somebody that fought so that we could have those freedoms. Hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, it's memorial. I mean, we know that goes back to after the civil war that, um, you know, that after the civil war, they declared Decoration Day. Um, and then I think it was not until 1971, it becomes always that first Monday thing, I think. And uh, so, uh, and it becomes Memorial Day. And and it's changed because initially it was for people that had died. Mm-hmm. And it's now more of a veterans when they call the last roll call, it, you know, that will take place on Monday at the at the uh, monument, um, there are people that have served. And uh, uh, so it takes on a little bit different meaning as opposed to in the fall when we have Veterans Day, which is held on, you know, the day that, that Armistice was called for World War One. So, but uh, it, it is a time to kind of pause and reflect. And if it's only for a second or two, that's fine. Then go and enjoy your freedom because that's, it's been paid for dearly. Well said. Last question, um, and I think you know it's you know the Leroy Pride is 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 something that I think is is it runs deep here, and I think uh, you know the, the giving the seniors the Jello shirts, I think you know are it's just great to see um, you know our students embrace that this year. Obviously, in our hybrid, we had a, a team Jello um, and a team Awaka, you know, which we try to you know you know really bring that to heart and yeah. and, and not just say, well, we're gonna have a red team and a black team. Let's let's do something that was you know sure. kind of in your spirit, and right. really it was. Um, so. You know, I'm looking for in in a minute. 
the best story of the farthest person that you've ever experienced at the Leroy House or, you know, or at, 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 have come to the Jell Museum, you know, how far have they come and what would be the story behind that travel of, of that experience that you've had? Um, let's see, probably Japan. Um, we, we have quite a few foreign visitors, which is kind of interesting because Jell-O is not known abroad. I mean, okay. it's, it's not a brand that's known. And so it, they're usually there with, you know, some American friends who are saying, you know, Jell-O is the American food. And it was known as America's most famous dessert. So we have to start back and try to, you know, frame it with what Jell-O really is, because it's not necessarily part of their food traditions. And, um... And the other story, of course, which I will tie in with that is because, you know, when people came in through Ellis Island, they were coming from Europe primarily. Mm -hmm. They'd never seen it. They were scared of it. So when we get foreign visitors, I think that that's the kind because we have to start back with more than the story of Jell-O. We okay. kind of have to talk about uh, food traditions. Yeah. And I can't let you leave without telling us what your favorite flavor of Jell-O is. Ah. Well, it used to be... <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess strawberry. I used to like wild strawberry. They don't make it anymore. Um, and uh, we ask people to vote for their favorite flavor. Okay. And uh, as you know, we had this kind of thing earlier where people had to vote. And it was whether or not lime was going to go, you know, beat. And it was actually the school kids from Walcott Street School that finally pushed it, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we always ask people their favorite flavor. And people from Utah... That's lying. Okay. Strawberry it is for you, though. And I want to thank you so what's, much. What's for your favorite flavor? My, my is strawberry as well. Okay. I'm a big strawberry guy. So, you know, love it and love to put stra real strawberries in the yes. strawberry, too. So, okay. big fan with that. Um, want to thank you for taking time to be a part of this. And, and anyone that, um, you know, is looking for anything Leroy. You know, make sure to, uh, you know, to, to hit up Lynn and, and just her incredible knowledge. Uh, she has, you know, pretty much talked to probably every student that has ever graduated here in the last X amount of years through, you know, through the field trips going across the street and uh, is just such a staple to our community. And I just want to thank her for all of her efforts. Uh, she's a great file, um, you know, on the Leroy Then and Now, post some amazing images and, and information and just, just a wealth of knowledge. So, Truly a, a gem here in, in, in Leroy, and I want to thank her for her time for being on the podcast this week. So thank you very much, Lynn. Good to be here. Next up on the podcast this week, I'm really excited to spotlight our Varsity Boys track team. It's a, been an awesome spring start for these guys. They are having a great season, and uh, we're really excited to kind of talk to them about it, get behind the scenes and learn a little bit more about uh, how they're doing and what the rest of the season looks like. I'll have these guys introduce themselves first, and then we'll jump into some questions. Hi, I'm Nicholas Valise. I'm a senior, and I run the 400, the 4x4 relay, long jump, and triple jump. Uh, my name is Jake Elmore. I am in ninth grade, and I run the 400 and the 800. I'm Zach Vanderhoof. I'm a junior, and I throw a shot put in discus. So, Vandy, let's, let's start with you. I think, you know, one of the cool things about track and field is everyone always says, oh, yeah, I'm going to the track meet. How's the track? This and that. But, hey, there's field events. You know, you, you oh. never can just drop off field on track and field. Talk about, you know, how your season is starting for yourself, kind of like where your PRs are in both of those throwing events. Um, you know, kind of what are you putting your, your sights on? 
Um, so I started the year off PRing pretty well. Uh, right now for shot, I'm throwing 47.9, and for disc, I'm throwing 124.11. Um, my goal really for the end of the year is to, well, ultimately win a sectional title and try to catch that school record. So I'm chasing that right now. Talk about just how important in both of those events, the form, I, you know, I think like, you know, obviously, you know, you have the physique, the muscle, you know, but how important is that, you know, that overall form to be able to perform and maximize your strength? Yeah, I mean, really forms everything when it comes to shot and disc. I mean, yeah, I'm a bigger kid, but I've gotten beat by kids who are 150 pounds. They, they're just perfect form. So it's really pretty dependent on the form. And as far as practicing for that, is it is it watching video is it repetitions is it you know breakdown like what how do you kind of attack that uh it's like a it's a big like biomechanics thing that you kind of have to dig into so yeah it's a lot of like breaking down the throw and then working on different sections of it and then perfecting the form in each kind of part of the throw and then bringing it all together it's awesome if you if you get a chance to see vandy this year in action i mean we we, you know can't encourage you to do more to to get out and see it because you know, there's the area where you're not supposed to, like, walk in. You know, it's kind of roped out. And pretty much everything that he's throwing, especially for shot, is just going right through that area. Like, it just goes out, you know, beyond the tape. So it's pretty cool to see that. So really good stuff. Uh, Jake, up-and-coming guy here, young guy on the team. Um, you know, what does it mean to you to be amongst, you know, some really big-time athletes and, you know, how does that kind of get yourself ready and prepared for this experience? Yeah, it's a great thing, like, coming up into a varsity sport for the first year. And, you know, like, I'm not used to being with the juniors and the seniors and then just meeting them. It's like a whole new experience. What, and, and what is it, what's special about being a part of the boys' track team? I mean, like, what are those intangibles or, you know, what is it about the practices, the travel, the meets, the invitations? You know, like, like what do you really enjoy you know, about, about the experience? Uh, I really enjoy just, you know, hanging out with them. They're like, they're so funny, you know, it's just great to have that experience of hanging out with the boys track team. And how about your personal, you know, um, you know, goals this year, as far as the events that you're in, you know, what improvement have you seen? What are you doing to, you know, to, to get better? So I started off the year, just had a mindset of, I just want to get in shape. I'm just doing track to get in shape. But as I went on through the season, I started to realize, okay, I actually start to like these events. And now I'm starting to push myself, trying to get PRs, and just trying to progress in the season. It's awesome. Nick, uh, you know, you're out there jumping, running. I mean, you know, you got this, like, great frame. I mean, I wish I, you know, could, like, get back into that because, you know, you could just jump, run. You know, you just got that, that great look as far as a track athlete, you know, that's inside the track. You know, talk about your conditioning and kind of how you've put yourself in, in a good spot to be able to compete with some of the best, you know, in Section 5. Now, conditioning for track is always, you know, not fun to do. It's always difficult training, and but, I mean, at the end, you're always exhausted, and but, I mean, you're getting better each and every day. And, I mean, I took my personal training up to the Aiden Harrington level. He taught me from my junior year, my sophomore year, actually, because we didn't have a junior year. But my sophomore year, running with Aiden, he really showed me, you know, the level that I need to get at, especially for the 400 running running and um, 
all the other uh, sprinting events that he did. Yeah, it's a that's a really good example to use. I mean, Aiden was you know was a top top guy for us over the years. You know, what, what does it mean for you to kind of now take that position with it within the team? You know, with guys like Jake and younger guys, like how do you kind of step into that leadership role? You know, at this part of your career, being a leader is actually not too bad. It's actually quite fun, but um, filling his position with such great times and um, athletic ability is a little more difficult to get those uh fast times but you know it's one of my personal goals to especially in you know the 400 uh relay and 400 but um yeah i'm still chasing now you know one of the cool things you know in, in jumping into the sand i mean it's it, it it's quite the event i mean like when, when you're having to like get that speed you're trying to get speed jumping form in the air talk about like just your mindset prior to like Okay, now I'm going to start running because it's unlike any, you know, unlike you know anything else on the track. You're starting like you're not waiting for a gun. So it's kind of like how do you get in that mindset to like go down the runway to start you know your your jumping events. So initially, just like you know track events where like you know you get set up in the blocks, it's all repetition and kind of like you know, it it's a set set way to start, and so. You know, I kind of personally do like three kind of rock backs to get going. But um, in my in my mind, I always think, you know, Mr. Humphrey screaming at me during practice. But I mean, but as, once you're running down that runway, you just, it's as fast as you can. But exp- uh, bringing up Vandy's point, form is very important as well yeah. to get all those inches, extra feet, yardage. But I mean, um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much just uh, running the how fast you can run is getting the distance and then the form takes you the rest of the way. Awesome. Vandy, what is it like, you know, being able to have the coaching staff that we have? Um, you know, what does that mean? You know, you, you got some pretty big time, you know, experience, you know, you know proven, you know, athletes. I mean, what, like how, how cool is it to be kind of surrounded by that type of a coaching staff? I mean, it's a great environment. It really creates a winning environment for the team. I mean, Coach Leyenberger, he's got a great uh, reputation. He's won, I don't know how many sectional titles, but a lot. And uh, Humphrey, he knows his stuff. He helps out the hurdlers all the time and the high jumpers and the long jumpers. And he's really good. He was a very successful high school athlete well, and college athlete. And then Dwyer, I connect really well with Dwyer, and I like having him by my side uh, in the throwing pits and stuff. And he just does a great job, so... It's just really nice to have such supportive coaches that also know what they're talking about. And as far as, you know, overall goal, you've mentioned team sectional. I mean, like, you know, you guys, you know, are not, you know, this would not be a new thing for boys track and you guys have a very deep roster. I mean, talk about how important that, that goal is for you and, and kind of what, you know, what, what you're projecting here. Yeah. I mean, for the past couple of years, I think, uh, the stats are that we haven't lost in the past four years. And, you know, our plan is to keep that going. We're going to keep working hard every day and getting better, and hopefully that trend keeps going. Love that. And, you know, Jake, how cool is it to be able to, uh, this coming weekend, you know, participate in, in, in your own invite? You know, here you are, going to have a bunch of teams coming, Buffalo, Rochester. How exciting is that? What does that mean for you and the team? Yeah, it's great. So I've never been to a Leroy Invitational before, and this is my first year in spring track. So I, I've been to a couple Invitationals, you know, at Pembroke and other places. But I think it's going to be a whole different experience when we're on our own turf, our own field, and we're going to have other schools come to us. Love it. And, you know, 
what does it do when you hear the cowbell? Um, you know, like going at, you know, at meets. I mean, let's talk about the guy behind the cowbell and how cool is that plus other noises that come out of his mouth. Yeah, so the cowbell guy is my father. <laughs> so, yeah, he... That that's not his main go-to though. His no. main go-to is um like kind of like a banshee scream <laughs> or like an Indian call, but like yeah the I mean the track team some of the uh, kids on the track team have kind of taken that into themselves and tried the you know try and do the voice and I mean you know they ask me all the time if I can do it I said, I, I can't really do it as well as him but you know I'm working on it. It, it is an unbelievable unique call. I mean it, we've seen it out obviously in any sport that you're playing. <laughs> Um, you, you can hear it, you know, far away. And, and when people, when he started doing it, it was like, you know, kind of like a startling thing. Now it's just like, it's almost like a horn in basketball. It's just yeah. a normal thing. You know, anyone from Leroy, you know, enjoys it. Does he, does he practice it at home? Have you ever seen, does he do it in other locations than just sports? <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. He doesn't practice at home, but I mean, I don't really know how he got into that. Probably as a kid with his brothers causing, you know, trouble sure but, um i just I, yeah i don't know it is it is I, I i think that could be a great podcast in itself you know and getting yeah. your dad on here to kind of like get behind the call right you know what i mean really kind of get into that we could have him do some actual ones uh, on on the podcast so please mention that to him all right we'll do all right last couple questions and then uh we will shut it down for for this session so uh this is everyone's going to answer these next uh two or three um, and, and they're quick ones. So, Vandy, uh, go to pre pre meet, you know, drink, snack. How are you fueling your body going into a meet? You know, I really like to fuel my body with the best things possible. So, I like a nice bowl of mac and cheese and maybe like a cup of chocolate milk or something. That one really gets the blood flowing and gets me ready for the meat. Love it. How about you, Jack? Uh, before I meet, I usually go for a granola bar, a banana, and then I just drink water. Okay. I emphasize the water and usually before me i have you know peanut butter crackers or some sort of granola bar energy bar as well okay uh go to spike cleat running shoe what's your brand what's your color what do you go with so we have throwing shoes for throwers they're like a flat bottom thing so you can spin well i like the uh the all white uh, Adidas ones, I think they're pretty stylish and they they're comfortable and they work well as well. So they definitely have like a cool old school vibe to yeah. them. So I, li- I like them. Great yeah. choice. How about you, Jake? Uh, I've never really been into spikes. I usually just stick to my trainers. Okay. I have all white Nike sprinting spikes, which I use for both jumping and sprinting. Okay. Last question. As far as warm up, do you like are you, you know, like like what's your style? Do you like to get you know, a hoodie, jacket, you know, get a sweat, or it's like get off the bus, rip everything off, I'm ready to go. Yeah, normally I'm not even rocking a hoodie or sweatpants at all. I mean, usually I'll get on the bus with just my uh, my uh, performance shorts, I guess you could say, and my tank. Just keep myself cool, especially in this warm weather, and keep feeling good before the meet. Nice. Uh, for me, it really depends on the weather. If it's a little windy, I'll wear a windbreaker. But if it's not, I'll just you know stick to a short sleeve and shorts. Definitely wearing the warm ups, getting the muscles going and um, the nerves. But um, yeah, once the race comes, taking it all off. Okay, well, listen, guys, uh, really excited to see if we're going to be seeing fire trucks and blocks and patches with this group. You guys will work really hard. Appreciate you coming on the podcast and wishing nothing but the best the rest of the season. Thank you. Yep. Thank you.
Next up on the podcast this week, I'm excited to move the spotlight on our senior class, a class of 2021. They are very close, very close to walking that graduation stage uh, in the next couple weeks. And uh, it's been a great run for these guys um, all the way through their, their career here at Leroy. And it's been a true privilege uh, to celebrate them uh, this year. And uh, we're really excited for some big events coming up. Um, the end of this month and, and through the month of June. So I have three great nights with me today. I'll have them introduce themselves. And as they do that, also share what they're going to do next year. Uh, my name is Nathan Andrews, and I'm attending uh, the Northeast Linesman Institute. It's in the Albany area, kind of on the other side of New York, and it's a trade school. My name is Ethan Beswick, and I'm going to SUNY Cortland to study healthcare management. My name's Carrie Biggins, and I'm going to be a dental assistant. So thank you guys for joining us uh, on the podcast this week. Uh, we'll start off with you, Nate. Um, you know, let's talk about just kind of how your, you know, experience as a knight has kind of been shaped by, you know, participating in athletics and, 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 and you know, getting to school and the academic aspect of it and also, um, you know, the opportunity of a trade that you're learning. Kind of talk about how all those have really kind of helped you uh, become who you are now? Uh, sports kind of guided me through high school, showed me the way to do things the right way, and it brought me to together with a bunch of people that I know today. Teachers, uh, friends, kids from other schools, it's just good to be connected and with all that. Um, Ethan, you know, when it goes, when you go about the the process of trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, right? You know, it's like, you know, you, you go to kindergarten, you, you go through, you know, you, you get to the junior high school and it's like all of a sudden there's kind of like this semi decision plan of like, okay, I got to either go to work, I got to go to college, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Talk about just kind of how your process went to kind of figure out that and, and how you went about doing it. I, I just went about it. I just tried everything that I possibly could when I was in high school, like clubs, sports, anything that I could to try something different. I did that, like, uh, even during the summer, like, getting a new job each summer is kind of, that's what I did to just test the water, see what I liked. Now, was there a, a favorite job that you've ever had so far in these part-time, you know, gigs, and, and what would that be and why? Yeah, I really enjoyed working at the nursing home last summer, just uh, being around all of the residents there was really interesting getting to hear their life stories and spending time with them it was a lot of fun that's awesome um biggins talk to me about just kind of what it's like to balance yourself so i mean you play sports you you have a part-time job you're, you got academics you got social life i mean kind of how have you been able to kind of navigate all of that stuff you know as you've gotten older here and, and now as a senior um, I use my study halls well to get my homework done, so then after school I have sports, and then when we were doing hybrid, the two days we weren't in school, I would go to work and then go to practice, and I would just make sure all my work got done on the weekends and when I was in school in study hall. And uh, next question for you is, you know, you, you kind of look back at your athletic career and things that you did at school and going to games and cheering on teams and, you know, when, when you kind of look back at that, what are some of the, you know, the, the highlights or, or you know, favorite memories that you have, you know, in, in that aspect of your school? Um, in 11th grade, when like for soccer, we won the first round of sectionals and then nobody thought we could win the second 
around and then all of a sudden we were in the finals. That was a heck of a run. And yeah. you guys uh, went down and upset Bath uh, in that first round. And uh, it was really, I, I, I can only imagine what that bus ride was like coming back and just that experience. You know, talk about that camaraderie that you guys have had. Um, you know, again, this year with soccer, you made it to the finals. And just talk about like the camaraderie that, you know, kind of happens. Nate kind of you know, talked about it quickly. But, you know, like what does that mean? And, and, and how are you going to miss that? Well, I made some pretty awesome friends on there, and I learned how to, like, work with other people and, like, make sure you don't say things when you get mad. Like, control yourself before you say something that you can't take back. Nice. Nate, you know, talk about some of the big moments that you've had. I mean, you've, you know, you've, you've really represented our school well in a variety of different things, and you've had to, you know, step up and, and, and you know, lead teams and, and perform and pressure, you know, things, you know, like, Talk about like what that's been for you and how fun that's been or stressful and kind of how you're going to kind of take that, those experiences for the rest of your life. Um, as stressful as it was, it was fun because the people that were on the teams and the people that were around me, they were all together working at the same thing. And it's just nice to see people to come together like that, especially when it's COVID rules and we're not allowed to be around each other. And... The sports are just my favorite part of high school. Ethan, you know, when you think about um, just the different classes that you've taken here um, and, you know, the different diverse things that you've done, you know, what would you say, you know, like what's what would be a highlight for you looking back at, at some of those experiences that you have and why? In uh, like some of the classes? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, like with my business classes, I've always really enjoyed the business classes that have like with through Mr. Pollard and Mrs. Ford. I think that those are incredibly useful, and uh, I always really enjoyed those. I just thought those were a great time. All right, so here's a question for everybody. I want you to go back to Elementary Land, back to Woolkit Street in your mind. Okay, what it what would be so like if you had to choose something that came to your mind as soon as I said you know Woolkit Street, you know like like what comes to your mind of your experience in that K through six you know, back at the big building. I mean, everyone says this is the big house. Well, that's the big house down there. There's so many floors, stairs, buildings. It's all over the place. You know, like what, what comes to mind about your experience there that, that is at the top of your mind when I go there? How about you, Biggs? Um, definitely playing like Battleship and Capture the Chicken. It was always a good time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those were always the best times in elementary school. Um, maybe even... Uh, like when we would like the little gym, especially whenever you say the elementary school, I always think of the little gym and like the floor down there for some reason. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to visit that. How are you, Nate? Uh, either playing hot box with the tennis balls before school or recess when we'd play soccer and football. Nice. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's, let's keep going back a little bit. So, you know, go back to your, your peer counselor day in sixth grade when you met your peer counselor um you know think about like who you were you know that day and then think about maybe your seventh grade orientation um what would you say from from the kid that you were on that day to the young adult that you are now like what would be your biggest like growth or something that you're the most proud of that you've really like maybe overcome or something that you've like really got to know yourself better or, or honed a skill or any of those types of things. How about you, Nate? Um, I'd say my self-confidence 
I wasn't really confident in what I was doing in school before, and when I gained my self-confidence, I started doing better in everything. Nice. How about you, Ethan? I'd say probably my work ethic. It definitely picked up. It's after seventh grade and up, it's just only gotten better. Definitely my confidence, like Nate said, because school never came easy to me, and once I finally got my confidence, it's been like a whole different game. Yeah, awesome. Now, I'm really proud of you, the three of you guys because I think it's been fun to watch, like, this, you know, the little guy in you, so to say, way back, you know, in, in, that, in that peer counselor day, uh, you know, meet your peer counselors and then now looking at you now. I mean, you've gone through so many different things. You've grown, you know, matured, and, and you've, you know, you've really maximized who you are. It's, it's been pretty cool to see. Um, Nate, talk to me about, like, what would be your all-time favorite moment as a Leroy Junior Senior High School student? You know, and it's okay to say something happened in a class. It doesn't have to be sports, but like it, it, whatever you want. What's your all-time? If you had to pick one thing that you experienced, you know, as a student here as a knight, what would it be? Um, it would have to be either winning track sectionals or the pep rallies that we had in the gym. Because those moments when everybody's yelling, everybody's together, it's just fun. It's good to see everybody together. Awesome. Yeah, probably like Nate said, either the track sectionals two years ago or maybe just like last week when I got my new uh, personal record in high jump. That was pretty fun. I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that. Great. How about you, Biggs? Um, definitely soccer. I made some pretty awesome friends on there. Some big nights, and all three, all three of you guys have been a part of some really magical experiences, whether you've been in, you know, in, in the Calvary section cheering on teams, or whether you've been out in finals, or you've been on fire trucks. I mean, like, you've really kind of had a, a pretty cool experience, despite, you know, this last year and a half that we've had, you know, and I think that, um, you know, that, that's been our goal is to try to, like, you know, get that through, and being able to, especially with the three of you guys that do sports, Getting all the sports in this year, I mean, we're you know real fortunate to be able to you know to get that through across the state. So that that's big. All right, um, next. This is basically the last question. What are you like most excited about and nervous about for the next chapter of your life? So in a couple of weeks, when you cross the stage, you shake this hand, you get your diploma. It's kind of like you know like the the, the chapter you, you turn the page. You know that chapter is now done. Now you're going off to the job, college, you know, like the next things are happening. What are you most excited about and what are you most nervous about? We'll start with you, Biggs. Uh, I'm excited to go, like, be able to work and, like, just do what I like to do. But I'm also nervous about, like, not having to learn not to spend money. Like, you're not in high school anymore. You actually have a job and you have to pay for things. Bills, bills, <laughs> bills are coming your way. Taxes. I mean, like, you can do this. That, 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 that'll be fun. It, it's fun and it's stressful, too. But get ready. How about you, Biggs? Uh, I am really excited to actually get oh, to sorry, college. Thanks. Sorry, Ethan, go ahead. <laughs> I am uh, really excited to actually get to college and like get after the work that I'm going to be doing there. And uh, I find it all really interesting, so I can't wait to get after it in college. Now, let me ask you a, a follow-up question to the college. So, you know, everyone talks about like, you know, the freshman 15 and, and like the food stinks and all that kind of stuff, like all those myths, right, of college. What? what how are you ready to attack that? I'm, I'm just going to... I don't know. Take it as it comes, I guess. <laughs> Just go with the flow. <laughs> All right. How about you, Nate? Um, what was the question again? So the question is: Is what are you most excited about for you know for your future, and maybe what you're most nervous about? Oh yeah. 
Um, I'm excited to become an adult, everything that comes with it, but I'm not excited to take on the responsibilities as an adult, like paying bills and showing up to work at 6.30 in the morning and dealing with adult things. It's like a slap, it's a slap of reality, man. It's yeah. out here. We want to be there, but then we yeah. kind of don't, right? Yeah. You know, so... Well, listen, guys, it was great to have you on the podcast, you know, put the spotlight on. You've had three very unique, fun, you know, journeys here of, of being a whack at night. Um, and I'm going to ask one more. I got to ask one more question. Same, same question for everybody. Your, you know, your go-to Leroy gear that you're going to maybe either wear on the job or you're going to bring to college, that one, either jacket, shirt, sweatshirt, what is that one thing that you're definitely going to wrap moving forward? Definitely the warm-up pants. For soccer. Okay. My Leroy bucket hat for sure. Yeah. That was predictable, but we allowed that. Okay. How are you, Nate? Um, either my track windbreaker or my soccer jacket. All right. Keep keep repping the red and black wherever you go. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and good luck in the next chapter. We'll finish up the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. This week I'm going with my post uh, from th- uh, Wednesday of the class of 2021 decision wall shows a picture uh, of the entire wall of all of our uh, seniors and their uh, names what they're doing next year Um, we're so excited to put this wall up each year it's just a a, just a great uh, visual uh, very powerful visual reminder of just all the different things that our knights are going to be doing um, in the next chapter of their lives. We look forward to sharing uh, on social media in the, in the coming weeks um, individual posts of each senior, uh, where they're going, what they're doing, and uh, we're really excited to be able to share that. So stay tuned to that. I want to thank all of our guests that joined the podcast this week and look forward to uh, coming right back here next week. So thanks for tuning in. As always from Awaka Night Country, go Knights.